Good morning or evening or whenever you're listening to this. This is Victoria with Heart and Soul Canine and Hope Service Dogs. And with me, I have Karen George. Hello. With Heart and Soul and Hope Service Dogs. And we also have a special guest joining us, and we have Rich. Hi. Yeah, I'm here too. With Heart and Soul and Hope Service Dogs. And we are on our way to Universal. It is Sunday, February 7th, and we have our free meetup today. And this is something that we offer to any trainer who wants to come, any person who's interested in service dogs who wants to come, any owner trained, professional trainer, I don't care. It's open to the world. And even if you don't live in this area, we've had people come from states, that's plural, states away, to come to our meetups because they are that awesome. And we are that awesome. And it works out really well that way. While we're driving there, what better time to record a podcast? So you might hear some road noise. You might hear the sprinter beeping at Karen a little bit. And that's okay. Just ignore those background noises and just focus on our soothing voices. And we'll get you through, guys. Today's uh, topic, because we've been discussing what it is that we want to talk about. And of course, you guys know we're always open to ideas. But today's topic is going to be washing out and retiring your service dog. Now, this can be a very touchy topic with people, and we have some professional experience, and we have some personal experience that we wanted to share with you so you can help make that decision. First, you guys know that I love having a backup service dog, and I think every trainer, every owner trainer, every disabled person who has a service dog, because you got to have a disability to have a service dog, every person needs to have a backup service dog in case your dog gets injured, in case your dog is too tired from it, in case something unexpected happens, like whenever Arrow died at six years old of lung cancer after having been diagnosed a week before. That left us totally in the lurch, and we had no idea what we were going to do because I had had Roma and Gypsy and Arrow, and then Roma went to Carolyn because I still had two. I was fine, and then all of a sudden, I only had one. I had Gypsy, who we were going to breed. Well, at the time, we were going to breed her. And we didn't know what was going to happen because when she's not being bred, we were going to be up a crit or we could work her. But whenever she was being bred, they're out of commission for two to four months, months, guys, that you're not going to have your service dog with you. And what are we going to do during that time? You know, and, and it, it threw me for a tailspin. And that's how Candy came into the picture because and Django, because we needed to have that. I needed that backup service dog. I'm too active. I'm too busy. I do too much with them to not, and I rely on them too much to go without having that backup service dog just in case Gypsy was injured or, you know, she sometimes gets hot spots. We needed that. Okay. I needed that. Now, Candy, okay, she uh, got pregnant. What was that last August? So she delivered in October, and it was a a miscarriage all the way around. As you guys know, she lost all 11 puppies uh, because, I don't know, we don't know exactly what had happened, but she, some of them were already decomposing. It was gross by the time that they were pushed out. And then the puppies who were alive in there, by the time they got out, it had been too long. So we lost all 11. Well, she had to recover from that, and she wasn't fully recovered from that until, gosh, beginning of January, maybe mid-January and here we are she goes into heat the end of January now she was recovered but she wasn't like she wasn't candy you know she was a little bit mopey a little bit slower uh you know because it does take a toll on you well she's in heat again 
and vet examined vet said she's good to go so she is going to try we're going to try again and see if we get puppies this time but that means that she's still out of commission so she has been out of commission since august of last year and here we are in february and she's still out of commission and if she gets pregnant that's two months of pregnancy and when she delivers that's going to be two months of of uh puppy raising so she'll be what is this uh, february march april may june from august until june she'll not have been worked as a service dog ten months. yeah that's 10 months of of not being able to be worked as a service dog and for that it's hard to have an intact bitch that you're going to be breeding as your service dog because there is that stress and if you want to breed that's fine you know do one or two litters and then you're good to go you know, and plan it that whenever something happens or have a backup there or use that one as your backup service dog, uh, like Carolyn's doing with Roma. You know, she she knows if she needs, we, we can always help her out with a, an, a service dog on loan. <laughs> Rent your service dogs here. <laughs> but, you know, to help improve the breed, Roma passed all her health testing. Not only passed it, she passed it with flying colors. Genetically, she's absolutely clear. Her hips are so tight, according to Pen Hip, that we're thrilled. You know, and she's just, or everything else has turned out fantastic that we're definitely going to breed her to help other people to have those poodle service dogs. Because it's hard to find breeders who know what they're doing regarding service dogs. A lot of them want to give lip service to it and say, oh, I know what I'm doing. This would be a great service dog, but the dogs aren't good service dogs. They're not great service dogs. And that's what we do. So we'll have the poodle litter, we'll have the Doberman litter, and we'll have two golden litters. But, you know, when to wash, when to have a backup, you know, when to retire. Like I said, for Candy, I don't know what will happen afterwards because, again, she'll be out of commission for almost a year. Will she go on to be a pet home? Plus, she'll be, what, five years old this November, so she is getting older as well. And while her primary task was mobility, is it fair to continue doing that whenever we're putting her body through the stressors of pregnancy? I don't know. I'm not telling you I know the answer. But these are things that you have to consider. Okay, Zoe, my little, if you guys have been to the ranch, uh, she's the little hop-along border collie. Border collie with bunny ears. Wink, wink. We don't know if she's really a border collie. And she was retired. Uh, she was, I don't know, retired while she was, she was a service dog for a couple months. You know, she was working out fine and her back went out and she's always had back issues, which is why her back issues now isn't a huge surprise, but she couldn't perform her duties because of that. So she was no longer a service dog. Jedi, I didn't know what I was doing when we had Jedi because it was how many years ago, right? She was, I wanted to, I, I thought like a lot of you guys think which is, I want a German Shepherd. German Shepherds would be a good service dog. I need a service dog, so let's let's just get a German Shepherd service dog. And it was a breeder. At four months old, she couldn't place them. Housing crash back in the, what, early 2000s. So they dropped them off at the shelter, or at, not even at the shelter, at the vet's office. A uh, four-month-old, and I went, and they had a nice, happy one there. I want that one. Nope. You get the one cowering underneath the table because I don't trust you, her with anybody but you because I know you know what you're doing. And, um, you know, I had lucked out with my first service dog and I thought, oh, okay, you know, if, if that's... Well, guess what, guys? Not every dog has what it takes to be a service dog. They don't. And thinking that they do isn't fair to the, the client, fair to you guys. It's not fair to the dog either, you know, because not every dog has what it takes to be a service dog. It does take that little something, something special 
to have a dog be a service dog. And of course, she didn't make it as a service dog. You know, then that became pretty clear pretty quickly that just because I say I like golden retrievers as service dogs now, it doesn't mean any golden retriever can be a service dog. Okay, and there's a big disconnect there with people. They think, oh, well, this dog's a little shy. He just needs to be a service dog. Or, well, it's the last one left of the litter. He'd be a great service dog. Yeah, service dog. Yeah, he'd be a great service dog for you. Ha ha ha, and I got rid of the dog. And that's not what we want either. So both times, you know, I had to wash. I had to retire early. You know, Candy, I look at, you know, she's in mostly retirement. Holstein's in mostly retirement now. And do you want to talk about Holstein? Well, um, sometimes you need outside eyes from several uh, people that you respect to tell you your dog needs to retire. Um, I didn't believe it. And uh, sometimes you get information, incorrect information about your dog and uh, uh, trying to tell you to, that your dog should be washed. A um, couple times I got uh, told by trainers of the sport world um, to wash Holstein because he was slow. Um, but in July, I was told to retire him because mainly because of his skin issues and he started having arthritic issues and um, and I finally got the message that it's time to retire him. It doesn't mean uh, doesn't mean you love him any less. Doesn't mean you love him any less. It doesn't mean he's dumb, stupid, and ugly. No. He still wanted to work at the time and now he now he doesn't now he likes retirement. He, he doesn't want to um he doesn't want to go on the long trips to SeaWorld or Universal or that type of thing. He likes short trips with his dad. He doesn't um, uh, want to actually uh, do mobility stuff or identify gluten for me anymore. He likes being retired. It took a while for him to to realize that, and it. We were going to do a retirement party for him, you know, just take him to SeaWorld one last time, and that would be his retirement. And he refused to go. He he was done already. He was done before I was done, ready to give him that official send-off. Like a um, uh, fighter jet pilot who just will not land on that aircraft carrier one more time. It's over. It's over. And that's an analogy everyone will appreciate, Rich. Thank you. Okay, thanks. That's what I'm here for. (laughs) Um, So, listen to those outside uh, advice, of of especially experts that know what they're talking about, that can observe outside of what... you're, You're in the forest, and it's hard for you to see what's blatant to other professionals. And why. You need to have the right reasons and understand those right reasons. So the sport trainers were telling you to retire him because he didn't have that energy and that drive that the Malinois that they're used to have. And that's not a reason to retire him because he still worked well. But with his skin issues and just with the the joy leaving him for for working and it becoming more of a chore for him than a love for him. And his primary tasks are mobility related and scent related. So... Um, he was willing to do the scent work still at the time in July, but he was 
Uh, it was harder for him to get around. It was harder for him to get around just with his own body. So, um... So, so he was retired. He was retired earlier than Karen was hoping, and that left Karen in a lurch. Yes. And that's where Ross comes into the picture. And Ross is her now. Uh, Bart and Michael gave her to him. Gave her to Karen. Yes. And Ross is a whole different type of dog, and a whole different type of of training, and uh, is a challenge. I had to learn to train. Um, very differently. She's an endorphin dog. Uh, Holstein is a dopamine dog, all about the food. Um, it made me grow as a trainer because um, I was all about dopamine dogs. I know how to train a dopamine dog, but an endorphin dog, I had no clue. Um, now, endorphins like a runner's high. Yes. That, that supposedly happens. I've never experienced it, and I've tried. So I think Vicky's a dopamine girl. Me and Holstein, man, I yeah. I get them. I understand them. Yeah. So it's uh, but but she has a endorphin dog, and she she's been at her, uh, Django, and she's been learning how to how to deal with. Django's kind of a cross between dopamine and endorphin. Um, he <laughs> He's it, everything. Yeah, he does everything, but he gets happiest when you feed his endorphin side. So, um, and she's been discovering that recently. Her and um, Richard have been discovering um, some new ways to help Django. So, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah. And then you have Fluff too. And Fluffy, who's brand new. He he was born in July, and he's coming along nicely. But he's young. He's only seven months old, and we gotta go at the right rate for him. He's totally a dopamine dog. His focus is really on point, almost too much. <laughs> oh, I want to see You can never have too good a focus. Yeah. And so one of the things that Karen did, so Karen got him at eight weeks old. She flew out to Texas to pick him up. He, his mama had shipped over pregnant from Ukraine. And, yeah, Ukraine. And, yeah. Uh, and pregnant. So he was conceived in Ukraine, but he's born in Texas. He's a Texas boy, I guess. Yeah. Uh, from, from Tram and Kennels. And he, he flew home with her at eight weeks old. Yeah. And she didn't even put, what, a leash on until he was four months old? Right. Yeah, you know, no, everything was clicker captured. Everything was some molding, some tactile. Yeah. Commands like what we put up yesterday. We have a little quick minute video up on Heart and Soul's Facebook page on tactile commands. What is tactile commands? It is touch. touch. It is getting him into that sit down and stand. Because if you just free shape that... You have a dog who will free shape, but sometimes you have a dog you cannot touch. You cannot touch, exactly. So we want both. We want a dog we can touch, a dog who understands free shaping, a dog that understands if I if I touch you here, I want you to do this. You need it all, and therefore you must do it all. I let him smoke his cigarettes and, and drink his whiskey. I did that with Diana, too. And it's, Diana has turned out to be really beautiful for as a service dog. For She's up in D.C., so um, I liked what we got out of Diana, and so did the same thing with, with Fluffy. And so far, it's going really well. Well, that just means you won't have a service dog, uh, but they're too young to be a service dog at this age. So his obedience is a little... Uh, so some people will throw in that obedience like right away, all that leash work right away. And um, I want his hips to be the best they can be, so that's why I delayed the leash work 
with goldens from the research I've been doing is you gotta let them you gotta do let them run free as much as possible up through the three or four month old age yeah. um, and do very little leash work on them so that's a lot of shaping um, so yeah but once you put the leash on it was beautiful yes you know we yes, have video of that too if you go back far enough yeah. uh, you know video of him on the leash so that means when he would do outings yeah she she clipped a leash to his harness clipped a leash to his collar to potty him but outings were in a stroller for his safety yes to save his joints to save his hips to save his energy so he doesn't have bad experiences he gets to relax in a stroller lots of environmental exposure we did with with both diana and fluffy um, and siren and siren yes um and that is so important for service dog uh, you're, uh, we have the COVID syndrome happening right now. Yes, ma'am. A lot of service dogs were not brought outside, were not brought into the environment, not brought to the store, not brought, not barely even, yeah, barely even walked in their yard, basically. They, uh, a lot of handlers just opened the door and let their dogs pee and poo in the yard instead of putting them on the leash and walking them around the neighborhood. And, um, they... They were not, uh, their tasks were not uh, addressed on a regular, you know, uh, training is for life. You've got to continue to retrain your tasks that you want your dog to remember and be good at. And uh, there was a lot of service dogs that were finding that because they were home, they didn't uh, go over they didn't continue practicing the tasks and now they're not good at the tasks that they need them for now that people are going outside again. Yeah. So they were identifying some kind, uh, some kind of uh, change in their bodies in the house, but they no do it longer do it outside the house because they got... they've never had to do it outside, so this only right. happens inside the house. Right. So, so it's not just mobility tasks that get affected, it's all the tasks. So... Yeah. Um, we're having to help a lot of handlers with retraining their service dogs. Does that mean they have to be washed? No. So what are some things that would say, this dog must be washed? So, with big red flags. Big um, red flags. Red flags saying this dog possibly might be need to be washed is uh, going after other dogs. Correct. Uh, aggressively barking and lunging at other people. Or dogs. Or dogs. Yep. Um, or jumping on strangers. Yes. Even, but even with that, that might be able to be changed through training, depending on how be. serious. But guys, jumping is not a task. It's not. Jumping a task. is not an alert. Stop it with the. My dog jumps to alert me. If your dog jumped to alert you, if your dog jumped on you, you would take precautions. Now, here's the problem with jumping is a. And we were going to do one about Vicky's pet peeve, so you'll hear this one again. If jumping is an alert to me, and my dog jumps on me to let me know that my heart rate is going up rapidly or staying up, right? And I don't take precautions. How much of an alert is it first? And second, if now my grandma's here visiting and she's a little old lady and her heart rate starts going up, my dog knows that when heart rates go up, jump on the person and he gets a treat. And now my dog jumps on grandma, knocks grandma over, and now she breaks a hip. 
Do you think that's smart? No, there's so many other things you can do. What happened? Your dog jumped on you like an idiot and you're like, oh, I'm gonna reward this. Look, it was an alert. See, he's an alert. It's a natural service dog. Stop it. It's not what's happening. Teach your dog something more polite. I don't even teach my dogs to paw, which did you notice when we were at the vet getting the progesterone for the girls? Yeah. He asked them, you know, give me paw. And they just kind of looked at him because he, I don't teach that. It's annoying to me. I, I do a nose bump. I'll do a block. I'll do a, a more of a nose bump, but I don't teach scrape your leg, your claws down my leg because I live in Florida and I wear shorts all the time and I don't need my leg scratched up from a dog. Another big red flag, resource guarding. Not just food or toys, but you as a resource. Yeah. You know, that is not protection dog. That's a resource. Guarding you as a resource is not acceptable somebody approaches you and your dog attacks people not on command uh, that is a dangerous dog and that dog should be washed if they're a service dog yeah so, most definitely so that's a big one yeah yeah uh, fear. fear if they see oh, see God. somebody and they piddle if they see somebody and they hide if somebody goes to touch them and they snarl because a lot yeah. from fear comes aggression comes yeah. that snarkiness, comes that reactivity. Yeah. Okay, so any grumbling, growling, snarling, biting, snapping, lunging, yeah. barking, anything like that are yeah. things that are going to be flags that you might have to wash your dog. We now, having said that, we've also fixed a lot of that stuff in yes. different dogs who have come. So if that's what's going on and you think, but he really helps me and it's going to take forever to train up another dog, is there something we can do? to fix this behavior yeah a lot of times we can fix this behavior sometimes we especially if it's a new behavior and it's not reflex response not myelinated, myelinated inside <laughs> that dog's um uh dna dna we can sometimes fix that sometimes it's going to be something you have to manage if you're willing to manage that and you manage it well, then that, you know, but that takes a lot of energy. You only have so many spoons. You so, yeah. you know, you have to count how much energy, you know, and are you willing to stop a trip because your dog can't be managed properly? Are you willing yeah. to go home or... Or, drop of a hat, guys. Yeah, so. I'm going on vacation. I'm going to spend a week at Disney. It's going to be super fun. My dog can't handle it. Then there, it's canceled. Or, okay, then I'll put him into a boarding That's facility. That's the kind of management I'm talking Responsible management. It's not... Uh, Too uh, bad. I'm dragging him anyway. Yeah, exactly. My dog hates flights. Too bad. He's going to love them. Um, so. Or something maybe have a medical, like Holstein, like yeah. Candy, like Django, like Zoe, where medically wise, you're thinking you're good to go. And Candy Medical is because of the pregnancy, not because yeah. of an underlying medical condition. She's healthy as a horse. Well, healthy as a Doberman who is healthy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but because of, of the pregnancy, because of delivery, because of stuff like that, that's why she's on leave right now, service dog-wise. Okay? So we have that. We have that of uh, what's going on. And that's why we preach to get a dog who is from health-tested parents temperament tested parents, genetic testing. And I had a question yesterday, Karen, from one of our friends who asked, what's the difference between health tested and genetic tested? So health testing in Goldens is hips, elbows, eyes, and heart. 
And hips and elbows are OFA. Hips can also be pen hip or FCI for both of them. Elbow, um, eyes are by an ophthalmologist, a canine eye doctor. And heart is by a canine cardiologist who signs off. Now, eyes have to be done yearly, but we want to make sure that everything's good and clear. And that's health testing. So it's a point in time of how those things are doing. Now, usually hips, if they're done at two years old, usually they stay pretty much stable for the most most of the adult life of that dog. So that's usually if the hips are a certain angle or a certain um, tightness. Tightness. They're usually going to be that tight for most of the adult life of that dog if they're done at two years of age, for example. Eyes have to be done yearly. Thyroid, I think, has to be done yearly. Heart on some breeds just has to be done once you know and goldens it's once and it's a listen to with a stethoscope some people want to do an echo it doesn't need to be an echo you can do an echo but it doesn't need to be whereas candy being a doberman needs to have an echo and a halter a 24-hour halter monitor i think it's 24 it might be 48 but so long of a for every year she yeah. needs to have that so genetic testing is one time and you're done you know this is the genetic makeup of that dog meaning there's no genetic predisposition to develop certain types of cancers certain types of skin problems certain types of inherited eye problems all the things in genetic are inherited that the dog may develop some life-changing uh, inherited uh, condition so it could be eyes it could be skin it could be cancer it could be art um, so yeah. and some they don't even know but they've identified that it could be a problem yeah so that and we get that done through embark genetic testing and it's it tests 200 and something things I yeah, yeah I was gonna say it's a bunch of different things yeah so we, we test them and if you breed a carrier of one thing like a carrier of ichthyosis and we've discussed this before to a carrier of ichthyosis a quarter of those puppies could be effective for ichthyosis, and we don't want that. So we never breed a carrier to a carrier or an afflicted to a carrier. So afflicted means that that dog more likely will develop that disease or that problem. So that dog could become blind because it's an eye issue, or that dog could have a life-changing skin issue that, that will disable that dog the rest of his life or that dog will develop cancer at some point or a heart problem because it's afflicted um, it doesn't mean that that dog actually is suffering from that at the time and it's very irresponsible for a breeder to give to sell a service dog with an afflictive afflicted yeah. genetic and genetically inherited and there are many breeders that don't do uh, genetic testing but they're two separate things yes right so genetic testing is one of the things that goes above and beyond yes but you know that's something that you need to watch out for too so you know that could be a reason to wash a service dog as you find out from health testing or genetic testing that he's not what you need you know if you're doing a guide dog and he has PRA which is progretinal retinal atrophy progressive retinal atrophy you are not going to have that dog be a service dog right because it's not fair to him progressive that means that dog is going to become blind at some time in his life yeah yeah okay. unless he gets hit by a car early and it doesn't yeah. mature but that's not a fun thing to talk about yeah. so 
reasons to wash out. Oh, I've got one, and I know we're, we're running up on time, but uh, one of the things with Django, with our Malinois, he's hitting to the end of this month, and we'd always said we wanted him to be a service dog, but depending on what he wants to do, or Rue, same thing. Rue's now five. Rue has all the training to be a service dog. He's flown with me. He's been to Disney with us, and he would much rather not be a service dog. Rue's a Border Collie. There's a reason, guys, that I don't recommend Border Collies as service dogs is they don't want to do it. I've worked with a few different Border Collies and Border Collie mixes, and none of them want to be a service dog. They want to run and have freedom and herd things and not be, you know, underneath the table. Don't forget when you guess. Yeah, is that going to be? It's going to be on the left, yeah. Um, and they don't want to be underneath the table at work all day. They don't want to go at Disney and walk super slow whenever they can herd all those people up. Okay, so Rue was washed just because he didn't enjoy it. Django now, we started doing tug with him. Because I've never done... Well, I hadn't done tug with him. I've done tug in the past. Uh, that's one of the things with Arrow, our last Malinois. We got him because he didn't have any toy drive. And we built that. And he was amazing afterwards. But with Django, I didn't do tug for a while. I started doing it uh, maybe three sessions. And he caught on in the beginning. Um... I'm hitting him like in the face with the tug and he's looking at me like derp, but he's getting it. So a couple nights ago, we moved him up to the arm sleeve and did that like a giant tug and he loved that and then sleeve in arm. And then last night we had Rich with the arm sleeve on and I had Django doing obedience and then sending him to Rich for that indirect reward of the bite instead of the food. And Django was so happy he, I've never seen him happier. And I've had him at Disney. I've had him at Universal. You know, I've had him fly with me. I've had him out on trips. And he'll work and he'll work hard. But he loves the bite stuff. And you know what? What did we expect with a Malinois who's the son of Ivan's competition dog? Yeah. You know, of course he's going to love the bite. That's what I meant by he's both endorphin and dopamine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so his, his training's not going to stop. He can still work maybe at Walmart or at Tractor Supply or at Lowe's, you know, someplace easy, but to do a weekend, nope, he, he, he'd much prefer biting, and, uh, you know, we'll see where he comes, but right now, he is going to, you know, we're going to play with that some and just see where he, he goes with it, how he does with it, and that means I'm down to one service dog again. Yeah. <laughs> one yeah. service dog and a part-time backup, but we knew that getting into it, and because, Ivan's an hour from us and he's one of Ivan's dogs so you know if need be I'm sure Ivan would help and coach us through because I've worked with Bart and Michael for so long and again I'm sure they'd help and coach us through because I have trainer friends from Napopo and from IACP who have done the sport work stuff you know we felt comfortable getting a Malinois that if we needed you know if we decided not to do service work with him that we Rich and I could keep him occupied doing other things and I'm actually talking with somebody about possibly doing some IPO with him. Yeah. So, you know, well, wait a minute. I thought he was your service dog. Does that mean you failed? No, it means that I won because I found out what my dog likes to do the best. So we can work on that with him. Because just because a dog washes out of service work, it doesn't mean that the dog failed. It means that you need to find something that the dog will excel in. Again, he's not dumb, stupid, or ugly. He just, he'll do it. He just prefers to do the other thing. Car fuel, you go right there. And uh, and that's for the best for him. You know, Rich saw him last night because I've been the one who's been doing it. And he was so happy to see how happy 
one has it, it says. One has it. One has diesel. Oh, okay. Um, seeing how happy Django was for doing the bite stuff. And, uh, you know, we, we have fun with it. So, like I said, that means Gypsy is it again. But luckily she spayed now, so I don't have to worry about anything like that. You know, like her coming into heat, and now I'm out of a service dog for a month or so. And yay for spaying, because now she doesn't have hot spots hardly at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, getting rid of those hormones really helped her out tremendously. Yeah. Okay, but is it right for you to wash or retire your service dog well only you can make that decision and sometimes it's a hard decision like karen and, and holstein yeah. or you know me with era that was heartbreaking to find out that my healthy dog had cancer and then he was dead in a week you know it was really difficult but things happen guys and sometimes you got to roll with it and that's where you have to have a backup plan and a backup plan to that backup plan and a backup 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 plan just so you know what's going on so you're prepared for it you just want to make sure you have options um uh, if you're not sure you can set up an appointment and uh, talk to us about it there's a lot of things you can do i mean no dog is no dog is completely done for unless you know they've well cujo i don't think i'd want to rehab him yeah but, to be a uh, service dog but he could still be a pet Cujo, dog or Cujo had rabies i think Right. Yeah, wasn't that the problem? Sorry if you named your dog Cujo. Yeah, Cujo is my general term for an yeah. aggressive jerk. Um, uh, we're talking about fictional book Cujo, not not happy, beautiful, everybody loves him Cujo. Okay. Um, uh, but the idea is you have options. Keep an eye on what's going on. Um, and work with, with a it. professional trainer. If you see a problem starting to develop, go to work on it right away. Don't just accept it and, and try to morph it into what you're doing. But then again then again we're not saying that some things aren't good things to uh to use or to take advantage of advantage of to help your training but it's not an excuse to accept something that mediocrity well it's not an excuse to accept accept something you don't like can you use jumping on someone to alert well the dog's doing something to alert so yes you can should you accept jumping well no of course not and Ever. both of those don't have to... Because I'm telling you, if you knock over Grandma, or if you knock me over, or if you knock anybody over, you will be sued, or they can get seriously injured, or both. And you don't want that to happen. Yeah. So, Remember, a service dog should not pre- present a danger to anybody in the public. Menace to society. Yeah. So if you have any questions about that, and if you think about it, and you think, well, I can't fix it yourself, well, you know what? This is what I do. This is what Rich does. This is what Karen does. You know, we've, we've done this for years, and we will continue doing it. And we've worked with a lot of different cases. We've worked with some dogs who have had some issues that we've helped them get over. And depending on what those issues are and how hard it is to get over depends on if they're going to continue to be a service dog or not. You know, and, and it doesn't mean that, oh, well, my dog jumped up on me one time. I guess I have to wash him. That's not what we said at all. And if you think that's what we said, you have to re-listen to what we said. Okay? Uh, you have that. Or for you to say, well, I'm just going to go talk to a professional trainer. You have to make sure that the professional trainer is good. And that means the professional trainer has experience not only having a service dog, but training up service dogs for other people and dealing with behavior mod. And that's hard to find a trainer who can do both. And knows how to use all the tools Yeah. for as to-do tools before to-don't tools. Exactly. To-do, not to-don't. Okay? So, how can you find out more about us? Go to our website, which is 
heart soul letter k number nine dot com or what's the other one hope service dogs dot org there are two separate sites what heart and soul is is that's our training so that's where we work with owner trainers hope service dogs is our breeding program and right now it's goldens doberman and poodle and not just that though it's training up the dogs that we've bred so through hope that's what we do now hope is a 501c3 nonprofit, which is really nice because that means that we can uh Corey's money right you can get donations uh you can do gofundmes and that's going to be another uh podcast that we do on fundraising but it's hard it is it's very difficult to decide that you want to that you have to wash the dog and what's even more difficult is we've had uh, one of our clients dogs who was 22 months old whenever we did his prelims for his OFAs and found out his hips were so bad that it for OFA is a seven tier ranking and the top is excellent and then good and fair borderline mild moderate severe and he was already moderate at 22 months old and limping and everything else at 22 months old and because of this he can't be the mobility dog that she needed and that was her primary and and she had had him for what 20 months because he, she got him at two months old so she'd had him she'd been working training him up to be a service dog for over the last year and a half to find out that he had to be washed and that's difficult that is so difficult and that's why you must start with parents who are health tested and get the best dog that you can because it's hard it's difficult to to have that, to have a dog who you've put so much, you know, not only money and time and hope for that future is my big thing. You know, blood, sweat, and tears, too, into training up a dog to be a service dog only to find out that the dog has a medical condition or a behavior condition that prevented it. We've also talked to people who were all gung-ho about doing it before they get the dog, and when they get the dog, they realize that, oh, my, this is a lot of work. I don't want to do all this work. So I guess I won't have a service dog. And then there goes that hope whenever all they have to do is work with us. I mean, and we work with people all over the country, even if you're not in Florida, uh, on that from eight weeks old. You know, because there's stuff you could do at eight weeks old to set them up more for success. And it's the people who want to get the dog out in public for eight-hour days of, you know, dragging them to this store, that store, this work, that place at eight weeks old at nine weeks old at 12 weeks old that does set the dog up for failure and we don't want you to set your dog up for failure we want you to set your dog up for success and for awesomeness and for that you have to know when to push when to pull back what to work on and we were going to with siren and diana last summer we were going to do a puppy course online but what we decided was puppies are so individual that we cannot put together a puppy course because a puppy course for an active golden is going to be different from a, a, a puppy course for a slower basset hound or, you know, a bitey Malinois. That that's very individual to the dog. And it would be a disservice to everybody to put up and say, here is an online course for all puppies. Because it is not all puppies. For that, you do need to work with an individual trainer who can help you. And when I say individual trainer, I mean a heart and soul or a hope trainer because I can't, you know, verify. I, I can't check all the other trainers and see how they are. But I know that our trainers are all Napopo Gold trainers, which is what we want. 
and Luke, who they can't, now you can't do Napopo until you're 21, so Luke's only 19, so he doesn't get to do it for a while, but you need that verification of they know what they're doing and that they're good, okay? Uh, One of the things that we're going to do through HOPE is the people who come to our service dog school, advanced and sent, and do the public access test with, you know, with their dog and then grade somebody else and everything passes are going to be allowed to administer the HOPE public access test. Now, anyone could administer it, but they're going to be the official administrators of it. Okay. And so we have more that we're going to be rolling out that way. But we want you guys to set your dog up for success. And it is not a failure if you do have to wash out your dog for any reason, uh, medical, behavioral, just because they don't love it. Or if you have to retire your dog, even if you have to retire your dog earlier because, you know, she decided to get pregnant again. Or, uh, you know, he just didn't love the job, you know, or medical stuff. You know, it, it, it's fine. It's not that you're a failure. It's just let's set yourself up for success with your next dog and not just get a golden, a poodle, or a yellow lab, but get one from breeders who breed specifically for that and know what they're doing. And don't work service dogs tandem. <laughs> that was going to be in my Let's Rant podcast. Yeah. Uh, we have three people with us today going, me and Rich and Karen, and we have three service dogs with us. I could bring Ross and Fluffy at the same time in tandem, but what? Why? Yeah. They're both going to suffer. They are both going to suffer. And this way, all your attention's with one, and they get all of that. They, oh, look, they took down the little house here. Yeah. Um, they're going to do much better by having that individualized attention. And then tomorrow when we go to Epcot, if Fluffy needs that rest... Ross can go. Whereas if you worked both of them, they both might need a rest tomorrow and then you're screwed. Yeah. Uh, with Candy, I would do Candy when I needed mobility. Gypsy, if I was in my chair and I might need help picking stuff up or, you know, just bracing to get up and down. Uh, you know, the little things that Gypsy does for me. Well, big things that Gypsy does for me. And then Django, I could bring if, if I was worried about getting an alert for the day because he was my, he's my best natural alerter natural alerter because at three months old we started teaching him that scent has meaning which we do with our puppies at three days old now because it made such a huge difference to Django and it's funny because one of the puppies from this last letter he's a natural alerter aww it's because he's been doing this his whole life is finding out that scent has meaning and what to do with it so you know again little things like that we set them up for which is awesome because not everybody does that Okay, but I think that's about it. We are getting on to I-4, so we are almost at Universal. Yay, I'm super excited, and woohoo, we have 40 minutes before we have to meet up with people, so that should give us plenty of time to park the van. Uh, We do have the awesome new wrapped van, uh, but that goes in the bottom of the parking garage, and then we have to get the dogs out, we have to get the chairs out, we have to potty the dogs, we have to gear up the dogs, we have to go through security and the temperature check first. So it always takes longer than what we anticipate. So we made sure to get up here early today just so we had time to get gas and to do everything that we needed to do. And so we could get Starbucks before we get our butterbeers because, you know, priorities. Yeah. Okay. Um, We will talk to you guys later. Again, it's Victoria, Karen, and Rich signing off with Heart and Soul Dog Training. Heart, H-E-A-R-T, Soul, S-O-U-L, the letter K, the number nine dot com, or 
hopeservicedogswithans.org. Both of those will take you to us. Uh, depending on if you're looking for a puppy or training up one of the puppies that you bought from Hope Service Dogs, that's Hope Heart and Soul is if you have a dog that you got from somewhere else and you need help training. We also have our online course, which is pretty awesome, and you can have access to that through the uh, Heart and Soul dog training website. Okay, We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. We are everywhere, guys. You cannot get rid of us. We're also on TikTok. Okay. I like TikTok. It's been a fun platform and we put a lot of Atlas videos up and a lot of golden stuff up. So that's what you're going to find on our TikTok. Okay. I hope you have a fantastic week and we will see you later.